0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Secret Origins of Mint Condition, and this is a special uh, episode. It's a new thing we're trying with Secret Origins, so if you're downloading this and listening to it, this is not the regular show. This is what we're calling right now uh, The Reaction Show, uh, which is a new feature we're trying with the podcast where we try to give you real-time thoughts and reactions to shows in the pop culture universe um, that we're currently watching and enjoying. So... To kick us off, if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know our love for Star Trek. And so we're going to do our first reaction uh, podcast on Picard Season 2, Episode 1. So once again, we are on the USS Mint Condition. And joining me is a... I have two guests who have been our uh, friends of the show and former guests on the uh, on the Secret Origins of Mint Condition. Uh, my first guest is someone... I, once again, I'll, I'll go back to the story I met at, at Min Condition, and we, uh, we got together through the Star Trek collectible card game, but also through the Star Trek collectible card game. So returning guest is John Whittemore. Hey there. And from a galaxy far, far away is returning guest and host of the podcast Trash Compactor, a Star Wars podcast, is Josh Bernhard. Hello, everybody. Uh, so, I'm um, we've, uh, we all have obviously watched Picard season two, so I figured we would just start with our, um, introductory thoughts and feelings about the first episode of the second season. So, um, so John, what did you think, uh, watching this episode?
1: Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, um, from, from the first, uh, scene all the way to the end. Um, and is this, I'm guessing we're sort of spoiler free here. We're assuming everybody's going to listen to this is. uh. Called,
0: well, I, let's put the caveat: we are gonna. We could talk spoilers if you have not sees, seen Picard season two, episode one, or Picard season one for that matter. You might want to wait and listen to this podcast um, <laughs> until you have, because we wanna we want to get into all the nitty gritty stuff with episode uh, season two, episode one. So, so John, feel free to spoil away or, or give your thoughts on anything okay. you think might be the spoiler. Broad,
1: there are a lot of broad strokes, but there, but it always ties the specifics as in a lot of things Star Trek. But the the first part is you know, it just it it, it came out. Uh, came out swinging, you know, you're right there in the middle of a really intense battle. You have no idea what's going on. I thought it was actually shot in a pretty neat way where you you, you were very, you know, very uh, disoriented. I uh, didn't know what was happening. And then there's a flash and it's a 48 hours before thing. And you get that sort of adrenaline rush. You go into the show and then it's very calm at Chateau Picard. And it's everything that, you know, I liked about the first season, which was really the aesthetic. It was the sense of this, uh, a tranquil chateau but with modern technology with an incredibly uh, a strong eye to detail when you look around that to Picard's life his tastes everything so you just you have a lot to like just feast on with your eyes from the beginning action scene calm chateau everything and the story starts off and you really get a good sense of you know where Picard is at this point i'd almost forgotten the finale of season 1 and that He's synthetic at this point.
0: Yes, I, I had kind of forgotten that too, <laughs> a little, a little bit. Um, until they, they, I, like, they, I,
1: they, they don't touch on that at all, except really. um, maybe a brief reference or two.
0: Well, she like, um, uh, what's what's um, makes that like punny type of thing when he's on the bridge that he's positively positronic. That that, that little throwaway line, which uh, you know, who knows if that's a direct reference to him being synthetic or stuff, but that's sort of the only. Like thing I think they directly reference in this episode.
2: No, I believe Picard himself has another line where he makes another joke about it about um, you know, you know, refits. I forget the exact line., uh, uh, but I do think it's a nod to the fact that he's synthetic. Um, though though in general, I think you're correct. I think that they're sort of not really harping on that so much. I think that that's something in the past, and I don't think that they're really planning on exploring that in any detail the implications yeah. of that. Right. is my impression.
0: It, it, seem, it seems like, it seems, yeah, it seems like, or at the very least, it's this going to be a casual thing that's accepted as part of the lore of the show and it'll come up whenever it comes up at this point. Uh, John, I didn't want to, did you have any, uh, did you want to give any other entry thoughts before I asked Josh what his thoughts were?
1: Uh, that, that, that was just my initial impression. I was sitting there, I was enjoying it and it went in some directions I didn't quite expect for good emotional beats, but overall, just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm definitely ready for a, uh the rest
0: of the season excellent and and Josh what were your overall thoughts of the first episode
2: yeah well first of all I I agree with everything John said I um, I had that same feeling and I appreciate I really enjoyed season one I really in particular enjoyed as John was alluding to sort of the aesthetic of his new life and the attention to detail and sort of where Picard is at this point in his life and it was very striking the 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 very first scene in this season 2 premiere is sort of you know something we haven't seen in a long time uh, you know a 24th century or i guess i guess technically 25th century federation starship in the middle of you know a a conflict with a spatial anomaly and there's a Borg intruder on the bridge and 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 a self-destruct moment it's very it's very old school kind of star trek and that just in general was my takeaway like this episode You know, whereas the first season was very much about, you know, not the the Picard or not the the world you you expect. And it was very bittersweet, I would say, in that way, not in a negative way. I'm not saying um, that I didn't like it. I actually really appreciated, um, you know, what they were saying and uh, what they were how they were using the Picard character and the world that we're so familiar with uh to uh, to try and explore some new territory in terms of what star trek uh can say and do Uh, but that said like this episode was really i felt like it was um you know seeing an, an old friend after a long time or kind of uh putting on a A comfortable pair of sneakers and it was just okay okay this is the kind of star trek um that i remember while seamlessly almost i would say bringing what it established in season one along with it so so yeah i thought it was great um and i also i'm sure we're gonna uh, get into this i thought it was very um thematically uh, you know, rich. I thought it was, I mean, they were really uh laying their cards out on the table and saying, okay, like here's what this s- season, here's what this story is going to be dealing with. Here's what it's about. Here's what we're interested in exploring in terms of the character and also um, more broadly speaking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with what both of you said. I, I really enjoyed it. And, it, and in a way, I mean, I enjoyed season one of Picard, um, but this opening felt more like where I expected the character to be in the first season of Picard, maybe, um, in terms mm-hmm. of like where he where he is in his life and what he's doing with the Federation and and kind of at how he's going about his day. Uh, I mean, I really, like I said, it's it's I love Patrick Stewart. I love Picard, as I've said many times on the podcast. It's he's probably my favorite character, and his through line through the Star Trek universe is probably the one I connect with strongest. Um, but this is kind of like the Picard I. The characterization of Picard I expected when we caught up with him all these years later. And I, I love, um, Josh, as you said, the, the big sweeping strokes they're taking, the, the big swings they're trying to make with this season. I mean, the, the, and the level of like um, comfort and nostalgia that came back with this season. I mean, with this episode, at least, of the characters that returned that were, you know, I was so happy to see them. Uh, I guess I guess before we we get you know into the specifics of those those plot points, um, maybe we just I guess we could run through the episode, sort of um, break it up into scene by scene. I mean the be- the beginning of it is sort of, um, I guess we're doing like a regathering, if you will, of these characters and learning out where they all were since we saw them at the finale. And I thought it I thought I think it's interesting the whole thing that's going on in the chateau with Picard and Laris and then Picard's. Childhood. I mean, what what do we think is like? What's Picard's vision of his childhood that they're they're sort of alluding to? Um, do we? What do you think, John?
1: I got a sense that this was this was some new unexplored territory that fits with the Picard that we know very very well. But if you think about it, we we, we didn't have much of a backstory to young Picard. Uh, uh, certainly not before his Academy years. He got some cool stories in that towards the end of the Next Generation run in that Q episode when he's a, a, a cadet uh, and he's more of the wild child than we were led to believe. <laughs> uh, but but him as a child, there was very little, um, his brother's references maybe. This all of a sudden, you're saying there was some real trauma there. There was something that they haven't, they've only given us glimpses of in this episode, but something happened. Uh, uh, there was something with us Mother, obviously, something that she was—you know—she was an inspiration to him. But there's, you know, indication that it might be—I got the sense there was like abuse somewhere in yeah. his family, uh, and something yeah. was wasn't right in, in in what otherwise you would have assumed was an idyllic life. Um, so I think they're going to really be going heavy with that. Into there's more than one reason that he went out to explore the stars, uh, absolutely. And that open that dovetails with that opening scene of why doesn't he uh, take that romantic cue he's given. Uh, uh, you know, right in that first scene when the two of them are drinking the wine, and he has the opportunity when um, when she says, "Romulans, what was it, what was the exact line that Romulans honor their previous love by loving again?"
2: Yes, 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 right. Oh, that yeah.
1: that hit me. That hit me. Right I love there, that. Right yeah, in the field. So I was just like, "Oh, that's great!" And again, learning more about Romulans, I love, I love all of that.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting that. Um, I mean Picard is I mean I guess that's the Picard's issue and we've talked about this in previous podcasts and online and offline that Picard that was this whole issue in next generation was he wasn't he's trying to become more connected to his crew and it obviously and it sadly doesn't happen to all good things that he gets connected with that the crew intimately which you know Picard has had I guess you know lovers and romantic interludes in the in during the Star Trek that was more I mean, it wasn't taken seriously or it never lasted past that episode or or short arc. Um, I mean, Josh, what, what's your take on what they're trying to lead to? Yeah, uh, well,
2: well, I echo exactly what John said and I want to build on it a little bit. You know, it reminded me, uh, Patrick Stewart has spoken in the past about how his real life father was very physically abusive toward his mother. And actually, mm. uh, uh, Patrick Stewart is a big advocate for i don't know what the term is like uh uh for uh, for women's shelters and for um uh, uh uh programs that that help abused women escape um you know abusive men in their life uh because of um his experience in his own childhood so so i think that weaving that into the character of Picard i think is actually kind of a stroke of genius on s- several levels i think obviously it's it's very resonant for uh for patrick stewart as a um a person himself but also as with john said as with what john said it really makes sense with what we know of the character um we know that he he broke with tradition he kind of left home and um, we know that his his father was unhappy that he he joined Starfleet. We know that his brother, and I don't know if you recall uh, uh, James, uh, but in our uh, the favorite Star Trek episodes that uh, we did, I think uh, one of my uh, uh, top favorites was uh, the episode "Family," uh, where we meet um, uh, Picard's brother and his nephew. And I think you know what we see of. Uh, Robert, his brother, I think we're led to believe that that's kind of what his, his father was like. And it was sort of a very, uh, cold, um, uh, distant sort of a man. And now the implication is that, you know, maybe he was escaping an abusive home and he witnessed, um, his father be very abusive toward his mother. And like John said, you know, uh, Maybe one of the reasons why he's so closed off and one of the reasons why he left home to go, um, you know, travel among the stars is to to escape this very hellish home life. And I also find it very interesting. I don't know exactly where they're going to go with this, but the uh, the Borg Queen. Um, who I think that's supposed to be the Borg Queen who shows up on the bridge of the Stargazer, the new Stargazer. Um, she towards the end of the episode says the same thing that his mother said to him in the flashback, uh, uh, yeah. uh, 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 to look up. And I have to wonder if there's some, you know, thematic, I hope it isn't literal, but. A, I mean, I haven't seen the show, so I don't know, but I feel like there's some parallel that they are drawing between the Borg Queen and the mother. Uh, Like, you know, maybe when Picard was was assimilated as Locutus, they they assimilated all of his memories and experiences. So it stands to reason that they would know this about him. Right. Um, I do think it's very interesting, though, that um the boar queen when she shows up in this episode she's faceless we don't see her face right we and... don't really
0: uh we don't really know yeah it's a, it's a completely new boar queen i mean in terms of the dress also and appearance aside from the facelessness right so but so but you know so but that says to me there's some there's
2: got to be some reason why they're not showing us a face and uh, the thing that i keep thinking is that she she will appear t- uh, to picard with the face of his mother i, I mean either i mean i don't think it'll be literal um uh, uh, but yeah i mean that's sort of uh what that led me really thinking that's a really
1: interesting that's an interesting observation because that would that would again fit the the way they've really been trying to tie a lot of themes together uh, yeah. in this first episode and they, even so much as to say them outright they're saying you know yeah. we we know we know what we're doing here we're going to say it and we're going to do it uh, rather than just make it a, you know a puzzle you have to solve completely from the beginning and the boar queen is part of that but one of the things i noticed too is that you know, a- after the episode ended they did give us a you know season 2 preview you know uh, 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 you know 10 15 seconds uh, of what's coming in the next few episodes and you get more of a sense of what we're going to be seeing uh, or, or or doing with the boar queen and the only thing that i was able to notice in that flash is that it wasn't it didn't seem to be played by um uh, uh, the actress who played uh, the Borg queen in first contact that
2: Alice Krieger. Alice Krieger, yeah, Alice like, Krieger yeah. was brilliant
1: as the Borg queen. It, it looked to be similar aesthetically, but very clearly not the same, uh, not the same actress. So I think they might be doing something really, really interesting with that. And can I just ask the two of you a sense? Because here, here's, I want to nerd out about it. <laughs> so, yeah. my gut is telling me that there's a lot more to the Borg than we think right now, and I'm not convinced they're the villain for this season. Oh, no, yeah, oh, no, yeah,
0: I, I feel, I feel, like, I feel like this might be a misread. First con, not first contact, but a misread. Actual cry for help, and <laughs> yeah, and, the, and and they're using Picard's mom's words and possibly her face to like, in you know, give like Picard to like, please help, help us, you know, and he's. I would say I would say he's misreading because who knows what happened on there. But the whole thing got misread, and especially his history with the Borg. It, you know, it's causing this. You know, no, John. I get the exact same. I get the exact same impression.
2: I think it's a fake out uh, because the and uh, the way that I don't think they would start the episode with that climax, um, uh, showing it at the very beginning. Um, I don't think they 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 can get away with that unless when you see it later it's completely different because of the context and I think that uh, we're going to uh, discover that uh, yeah I'm with you I don't think that they are the villain and I think that uh, Picard's trauma um, from his experience with uh, uh, the Borg and from First Contact I really think that they really showed that he he um, was at at peace with that, or as much at peace as he could be last season, and I think this season, I feel like they they have to do so to bring the Borg in it again, and to bring back the Borg Queen. It's got to be something more complex and more and more, fr- uh, frankly, more interesting than just a rematch. I think so. I think you're exactly right. I think it's not that at all.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, because we've already seen the rematch in First Contact. I don't. I don't know if we want to rehash that um, and do First Contact. I mean, as brilliant a movie as it is, I think Picard got some of his anger and trauma out in First Contact. I mean, though, obviously it carries with him every day. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think they'd be. I'd be very surprised if they'd be the villain or the. You know, or just be the bad guy. There's got to be some other impetus behind this whole thing. Well, and there's also the Q of it all, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, (laughs) well, I mean, I guess, I guess, maybe we should just go right to Q. I mean, unless you brought it up, let's just go. Let's jump to the end. Well, uh, (laughs) um, uh,
2: for me, I think it's kind of interlinked uh, uh, because, well, I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm sure, I'm sure it literally is interlinked somehow. uh, but uh, the interesting thing, uh, John, from the like 15 second season two kind of teaser they showed at the end, uh, w- uh, we're in 21st century Earth. So we're doing kind of a uh, voyage home slash first contact fish out of water. Ha ha. Uh, you know, isn't it funny to see our future crew uh, uh, living in the world that that uh, is the real world that we live in Um So there are shades of first contact as well because of the Borg involvement, et cetera. Uh, But I have a feeling they're going to do something. I have a feeling Q is doing something is going to bring the show in a really interesting uh, direction because I think whatever they have to change or fix or prevent from changing or set straight by visiting the 21st century to prevent this, you know, fascist future um, I think they're going to be really saying something about the times that we are living through right now at this moment. I think that they're going to be more explicit about that than we're used to seeing in Star Trek. I think they're really I think they're really going for it is my you know, impression
1: it's It's funny you say that than we're used to seeing because watching uh the recap that James had sent uh, um r- realizing how they. Did dive into a lot of things, particularly in the original series that were very topical, particularly the Cold War um, at that point, is that I wonder if we got used to the idea of of everything being glossed over and gently touched. And now we're sort of back that idea of like, no, they're going to hammer it right on to us as to what's what's happening right now. And obviously uh, the show's producers didn't predict uh, uh, current world events. Uh, when filming this show, just as with a quick interlude to Discovery Season Three, which uh, I was remember watching in the you know in the fall of two thousand twenty during that you know g- core of the pandemic, seemed to emotionally just directly speak to that experience of yeah. going through something comparable to uh, a global pandemic in terms of how you live and your disconnect from people. So. There's something the writers are doing now, and the producers are doing with Star Trek. What they're saying: we're going to directly connect into what we want to talk about; those, the, you know, the, the emotions of the characters, how that relates to us. And I think that's been, for me, the biggest uh, um, uh, impressive part of the show, uh, both Picard and Discovery recently. And it's, I think, what saved Picard season one because I, I, I had my own thoughts about how, you know, dodgy that season was in terms of the story not quite coming together. Uh, towards the end, and if you noticed in that in that final scene where Q makes his appearance, loving his aging up and the reason for yeah, it, loved it, <laughs> yes. loved it, Wallace. loved it. The memes that are coming out of that. I'm living for.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: so there he is, and he says, "You've reached the end." And let me get that. Let, let me get the phrase in here correctly. He says, "This is the end of the road not taken." Mm-hmm. That blew my mind for a second because I thought to myself, "What if? Just what if?" The Federation, everything we know about Star Trek, is in fact the road not taken. And Q, of course, nearly omnipotent, sees all the timelines and everything else, and is basically saying, you were destined to go down a pretty dark route, uh, and you likely did. And, you know, in the way that things uh, turned out, here's your chance. He already gave Picard a chance once to see time in this very multi-dimensional way at the end of all good things in a way that had to go beyond normal human comprehension. So I think it's going to be a little more than just, oops, there was there was a glitch in 2000. I think it's gonna be 2024, which is a Deep Space Nine reference, too.
2: Yes, Uh, yes, uh, yes.
1: And and everything else. So I think uh, I think there's going to be more to that and that, hey, maybe we've always been on a very dangerous road, uh, path in, into the future. And, uh, it does require a little bit of uh, a metagaming on the part of the queue to, uh, to get us to realize what we really should be. It's not as simple as just they're up there judging us the whole time. That's why I'm super excited to see, because I know they always play Q more than you think. You well, know, he's not a, he's,
0: off. he's not a villain. He's a, I mean, he's, he's been, he's malicious, but he's always, I think been in the best interest of, at least Picard, if not humanity to a certain, like, you know, he annoys Picard and he puts him in in obviously precarious situations and stuff, but he's not ever been directly a villain. I mean, if you look at all his episodes, he's enlightened them and he's given second chances and he's given gifts that are sometimes not always wanted, but they're they're gifts of knowledge. I mean, it's it's almost, I mean, it seems like Q in particular has sort of been training Picard maybe for this moment. If they go that route, like he's exposing him over the years for this trial.
2: Well, so uh, to tie uh, together what both of you just said, uh, uh, first of all, John, you you just articulated you crystallized uh, a bunch of things for me. And as you were speaking and I was having I realized the implications of what you were saying and it made the uh, the hair on my arms stand up straight. Um, What if, you know, he's basically saying this whole Star Trek future you've been living in. This is the, the quote unquote, uh, the, the wrong timeline. Right. And, um, here's what really would have happened had I not, or had you not, uh, 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 uh dot, 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 um, uh, somehow intervened and, you know, the implication being the path that we are on in the real world right now is not headed toward a star Trek future. And, and if we want that star Trek future, we need to, to do something. We need to intervene. We need to change um, the, uh, the course, uh, the path that we are on. And if that's the case, uh, which now, I mean, just talking about it, I I mean, that would be such an incredible thing if that's actually um, where the show is uh, really going. Uh, uh, but if that's the case, that would really uh, 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 cast the whole show from encounter at far point in a whole different light. So the, so um, how, how Picard, when they meet, uh, when he meets Q for the first time, he's being all self-righteous and saying like, you know, we weren't like that, like, you know, blah, 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 like we've grown, et cetera, et cetera. And Q is kind of like, Oh yeah. lot uh, 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 uh let me show you some examples of your rapid progress, like w- the way that it would recast that whole dynamic uh, uh, uh to learn that 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 Q was actually letting Picard live in this this um kind of a a a potential future of humanity that that was not the real one um or that he was somehow responsible for, you know, knowing that, that that that's not the way things actually were, quote unquote, supposed to go. Like, that would be absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, yes. I, I, I think it would just be, it would be a level of storytelling. And I, and I still think it'll probably be different than any of our guesses here. But it, it expands out a lot of what the, you know, typical Star Trek expectations have been for some of the shows. And if there's any characters to do it with, it's Q and Picard. That that's Q backstory. and Picard. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yes. I mean, I encountered yes. Farpoint, and that line. Uh, now that you mentioned Far Farpoint, I went back after watching season one here, uh, episode one, and I wanted to get the line right. When you know, when Q you know shows up and says that he considers us a savage child race. And that really reverberates because he 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 looked as not because you obviously know what the Klingons are you know what Romulans are you know the violence that comes from you know all the adversaries that our you know our, our uh, friends the Enterprise have always faced throughout the years and to come after humanity was this very strange seeming thing it's like well w- what about the rest of them um, and I I think this might play into the, you know answering that question what was it in humanity about particular and particular about humanity that Q was so concerned about or was so, in in his part, entertained uh, by. And back to the point about their relationship and it is fully canon, is Lower Decks, which I recommend to everybody. uh, If you need something lighter. uh, uh, Yeah, that's great. When Q makes his appearance to somebody, is like, won't you play this this game with me? He's like, we're not Picard. We're not Picard, Q. Leave us alone. And I thought it was the funniest (laughs) thing I'd ever seen. And it's sort of like, yeah, Picard's his playmate, too, in a weird way.
0: Yeah. Well it always brings it back to DS nine when Cisco punches him. He's like, <laughs> Jean-Luc never punched me. <laughs> and he's like and he's like, I'm not Picard. That was uh,
2: uh, the DS nine mission statement like literalized on screen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um well I guess we should since we're going in the nostalgia of the return of Q, we might as well jump to the other nostalgic return, the return of um of Guinan into Picard's life. His Oh yes. You have like the two opposite poles of Q is Guinan and Q and Picard is like, it just goes together so well. And we got both of them in this episode. So uh, Josh, what were your thoughts about seeing Guinan again?
2: No, I mean, look, I mean, that scene was just lovely. Like it was just, I mean, it was lovely to see, uh, to see those two characters again. And I thought the way they played off each other was, I mean, just lovely. I think I'm going to be saying that, that, that word a lot of times, um, and, you know, I love that uh, she's she's tending bar. I love that she's she's still on Earth, uh, which makes sense because, uh, you know, we know from uh, from Time's Arrow one and two, she's always sort of had an affinity for Earth and kind of a fascination. She's kind of like uh, uh, the doctor in that sense, uh, but yeah. sort of like a uh, sort of like a low key, a more low key version. She's just she just she has her bar. If you have a problem, you can go to her and she'll and she'll 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 give you some uh, she'll dole out some uh s- some cosmic uh wisdom over a glass of of something green or a romulan ale uh, but she won't she won't uh, uh you know uh uh fight your fight for you um yeah, I just loved that that um i also loved the conceit um uh, that they mentioned uh, a couple of times uh Q also says this to deal with the um the difference in appearance of the actors to uh, to sort of acknowledge that. Time for those species uh, uh, moves at a much slower rate, or indeed not at all. If you're if you're talking about Q, um, and that they have chosen to let some of their age show through, I thought was very interesting because uh, something else that this season is really is 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 clearly uh, going to uh, to deal with is the um the uh the subject or the theme rather of of time and the passage of it and how much how much of it you have left. And also uh, we're literally dealing with time travel here. uh, uh, Probably. I think I saw in that uh, teaser, something that looked like the slingshot around the sun, uh, a warp uh, breakaway effect, I think, but I could be wrong about that. I'm not sure. Um, (laughs) Uh, But just uh, uh, one uh, last thing that I want to say about the Guinan scene is that um, that combined with uh, uh, the time theme combined with the allusions to uh, Picard's family and his brother and sort of his facing his, you know, the decisions that he's made to not have a family of his own really reminded me thematically of of generations which i know is not everybody's is not everyone's favorite film um uh but i really have a soft spot for generations i think it like uh for whatever shortcomings it had i feel like it really swung for the fences thematically and one of the things that that uh, you know one of my favorite uh quotations in in not just star trek but in in anything in general was um uh uh, Malcolm McDowell has the line he says to Picard uh, time is the fire in which we burn and you know it's 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 really um it's really interesting uh, because I feel like this season of Picard is really returning to a lot of the themes that they dealt with in generations and first contact and I'm just really I'm just really interested uh, uh, to see um, um, what they have to say and how they are going to advance those themes because they are themes and things that
0: Picard has grappled with before. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I like Generations too. I think my only feeling about Generations is having ended with all good things. Generations is, is such a somber and dark movie in ways. Like we, Picard loses his whole family and we lose the Enterprise and, you know, we, we lose Captain Kirk. Like we lose so much in Generations, it, yeah. Well, it seems, well, it seems
2: like well the uh, thing, uh, well the thing about generations versus all good things. I mean, I mean, I'm with you. I think that all good things is a more satisfying uh, conclusion uh, to uh, to next gen as a, a TV series. But the thing about a film is that, and I think that they were consciously trying to do this. Like you don't, you you shouldn't, you don't need a status quo. In fact, there should not be a status quo. So they did some things that you would never see. Uh, them do on the 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 tv series like they would they would never destroy the enterprise on the tv series they would never um have uh uh picard sort of facing his own mortality in such a striking way I mean I mean they would never uh 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 kill captain kirk on the tv series like like the uh, 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 those um you know those sorts of big swings huge huge events um setting aside for the the moment whether you uh, you think that they um they they did them justice or not like those are things that are worthy of a film and not worthy of an episode of a a TV series
0: no i i definitely i i agree i agree with you i'm just i i guess I mean, it's nice that we have Picard now to go back to because it seems yes. you know when you go to Generations and even First Contact, this, you're like this man has been through a lot and lost so much. So it's nice to have the, these you know returning to the character in a way in which we can wrap up and maybe give some closure and some peace to the character. Um, John, what are your thoughts about Guinan and, and Star Trek Generations? I oh, guess I, since we went I, up on that, I, ta- I tangent. had the
1: same thought. It's in my it's in my notes here. Like Josh, you, you said it the best. Uh, way you know possible and and you brought I think you just touched on the most important thing that I'd never considered before which is the medium difference between TV and film and why you would do that in a film because that's a big thing you're you know it, it, it's it's on the big screen it's a, a one time event so of course that's when you would kill Captain Kirk of course that's when Picard faces mortality and, and you do all this so I'm rethinking that and I think it was conversation with you. Uh, 10 years or so ago, when I reconsidered my opinion of Generations and I've rewatched it a number of times since and I look at it now and say, wow, there, there's a lot there and I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm also no longer traumatized by it as I was and I was, <laughs> you know, because that's what it is. Your, your, your hero, you know, dying and the other one facing immortality. Um, yeah. The themes, the themes I, there's some direct parallels or, or just, they're just finishing up that story in very many ways. I think I think just what we're seeing an episode uh, uh, one of season two here. Um, so I definitely think that, uh, you know, Generations is actually something good to go back and rewatch uh, if you want a better sense of where Picard is at with his family um, and, and, and everything else. Um, as for the general, you know, sort of aesthetic too that I, I brought up earlier, there's some parallels between Generations there, too. It's everything is darker in this than we're familiar with in Next Generation, uh, which was a very bright set, very bright lighting um, from season one onwards at Picard, it's been uh, a, a little bit, you know, darker in, in that aesthetic um, and, and all kinds of theories that twilight in one's life, all kinds of things you can, you can you know, sort of estimate to that. But I think uh, that's definitely what they've gone with. And I saw that in generations. I want to, I wanted to mention something about seeing, seeing Guy in there was to me, one of the best examples of, and I don't want to call it fan service because it wasn't fan service. It was almost actor service because if uh, I think you saw it a year ago when, uh, or I guess two years ago, when Patrick Stewart was on um, uh, some, it was on a daytime talk show. Uh, what is it? I guess uh, The View? Yeah, The View. Yeah. Uh, and he asked Whoopi Goldberg live right there. It's like, will you be on season yeah, was... two? And she's crying. So I was crying. You know, It was just, Josh? it became an all around thing. And you saw that it, it was really about the connection of these actors as well to the Uh, characters they played to each other the experiences they had filming this so even even if uh that's her only appearance in the season i would be more than satisfied i think i think there's gonna be a lot more um is, is is my gut impression but uh that is nostalgia done right it's 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 not just trying to redo what was done it was honoring a connection that was there before or a moment and pointing it out and saying yeah that was that was really special and there's still more to come which is the theme of this of time, the, uh, the second chance, uh, everything else. Uh, with that. No,
2: ab- no, absolutely. Like, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's not, okay. it's not nostalgia for uh, nostalgia's sake. It's not about recreating what you had. It's about utilizing, you know, your, your memory of what was to move forward. Like, um, uh, uh, you know, it's sort of the, It's sort of reconciling your 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 history and, uh, you know, reevaluating or revisiting um, what came before so you can move forward to what's next.
1: What did you think of the speech he gave at the academy? Of course, that was another big thing. That, is, as you know, we didn't go through this chronologically, but going back to you know where you meet up with Picard and that forty-eight hours before, uh, he's delivering a, uh, a a speech to a new class of cadets at the academy, and there you find out he's the chancellor of the academy, um,
0: which is where I thought he'd be at the end of. I, that's where I thought he'd always be. Yeah, so I'm glad they yeah. got there.
1: So I want, but I want to get everybody here because I, I thought that was such an interesting speech about second chances about um you know the opportunities you have uh and and because it was very picard it was very much he was obviously speaking from experience and he was basically speaking about what he was experiencing in that moment too uh as he's looking out on that and one my big takeaway from that though from a cultural standpoint was pointing out the first full romulan student
0: Yes. You, know, yeah. when you yeah. see
1: when, when you see that moment and uh, when you see everybody stand up and clap and it's this moment where it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's very poignant. Uh, I, I think that was, that was, again, a little bit, you know, some would say that's even heavy handed. I would say that's classic Star Trek. That is right on the nose, classic Star Trek to say like, hey, look how great this can be uh, uh, when, you're, when, when you're as open and accepting as you can be. It, you know, acknowledging all the things of the past, but just moving forward. Uh, and that to me was a very, you know, real Star Trek moment.
2: No, I would agree totally. I think, um you know, I think you're exactly right. I thought the speech, I actually didn't even really think about it um, in that broader sense uh, of the way that you are talking about. So if it was indeed heavy handed, I guess, I guess I'm just, I have a thick skull because I, I didn't, uh, uh, that's not, um, how I took it. Uh, uh, but, uh, now that you're saying it, yeah, I, I mean, you're totally right. I was thinking about it more in the micro sense, actually, versus the macro sense. It really reminded me again of what, um, Q says to Picard at the end of all good things about, you know you know your mission or or space travel or exploration is not about you know star charts uh, uh charting stars and studying nebula it's about discovering the the untold possibilities of existence or something to that effect and it also and it also echoes what um uh, what Kirk says in Star Trek 5 of all things uh but that uh you know uh the um God's not out there. He's right here. It's 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 it's, you know, the human heart, Um, the idea that the final frontier is about reconciling your your existence with the larger universe. Is ultimately what it comes down to, and it is interesting. The second chances, like uh, Picard, has had a lot of second chances. He he got a second chance when he got stabbed through the heart uh, by the Noskin, and he got a, he got a new heart. He got a second chance when he was he was assimilated uh, by the Borg, and his his crew rescued him. Uh, his crew, his crew rescued him. <laughs> Freudian slip. Um, he he literally got a second chance in that episode with uh uh Q to uh to change uh, uh the course of his life and he got a second second chance to uh to put it uh, 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 to correct the correction and um he got a second chance at the end of last season where he died and he was uh you know resurrected in an identical artificial body uh you know uh no worse for wear so. So if there is some, so, so that's sort of where my head was. I think he's, he's, he's realizing that, um, you know, if time is the fire in which we burn, he's, he's almost all burned up and then
0: some. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, that's a very, that was a very good point, Josh. Like all of Picard's second chances, <laughs> like, I mean, he lived a whole other life in the show inner her Oh, sure. And, right. Uh, yeah. You know, And he also helped uh, that alternate timeline with the Romulans with, in yesterday's Enterprise. Like he's lived through so many different incarnations and rebirths and reiterations that uh, he is the man of second chances. And uh, I think he makes the most of them. I think he takes all of those things and they're poignant to him. So I, I think that ties into the theme of the season, like we've been saying, that this is dealing with your own m- mortality and sort of what what is... Have you taken advantage of life, which I guess is why they're sort of honing in on this lost aspect of Picard not having a long term relationship or a stable relationship It's sort of the one frontier of his life that he's never, you know, explored or done anything with as as much as he's made huge strides to be committed to, you know, being more having more interpersonal relationships, romantic relationships that are lasting is something that's eluded him over the course of the character's life so far.
2: So, but which again, so which again, if what they're saying is the reason he was never able to do that, I mean, obviously we know the practical reason why he never did that's because he was on, uh, he was on an episodic uh, TV show and you can't have the captain tied down at least in the 1990s, uh, to one, uh, uh, to one partner. Um, uh, but sort of, it is interesting if what they're saying is he, You know, if the only example that he he had growing up as a child was this horrific, abusive relationship of his own parents and that um, sort of closed him off emotionally, um, that that would be I mean, to me, I mean, chef's kiss. I mean, that's a wonderful way to bring the character full circle and to really say something new that was actually there all along and makes perfect sense.
1: You know, when when he has that moment where he's given that chance at the beginning of the episode with uh, Laris, that is also, that that was Patrick Stewart at his finest.
2: Oh, yeah, that was a great scene.
1: uh, And the director of that episode as well, because that tore my own heart out. I was just like, it was so sad to see just that moment, that final hesitation and pull back and not kiss her. And go, no, yeah. you know, in his own mind, obviously, I can't do this. And then just something about, you know, maybe it's duty. He, even he doesn't really know. Picard doesn't know why he's unable to do it. He only knows that he was unable to do it. Uh, and, and it was a poignant moment like that, which I think definitely sets up uh, uh, a theme for the season, which is going to be, wh- what, is, what does he do with that? You know, wh- And where is he going to end this season with that? I, I don't think it's going to be quite as simple as, oh, he realizes he needs a connection with other people. Uh, yeah. and comes back after the, the storyline is concluded and, and, and kisses her again. I think it's going to be a lot more uh, in depth and, 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 and uh, unpredictable than that. But I think that's, that's at the core of this is that he's been given these second chances. He's taken a lot of opportunities, but has he taken the one about himself? He's always been in service of others. He's always been in service of an ideal uh, or trying to protect or save somebody. Uh, did he ever really save himself? And, uh, and that's mm. not just mm. you, you don't have to have a family to, to do that. And I don't think that's what they're trying to get into. But I think that he never allowed himself that openness, which is uh, to me also the best way of dealing with how we met Picard, which is a very curmudgeonly captain who mm. just was yelling, shut up, Wesley, to, you know, and, 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 and didn't <laughs> like kids. And that was a fun trope, but it only goes so far until now we're realizing, oh, they're writing out a whole series of dimensionality to it. Like there, there's a lot uh, there have fun with it and again if anybody can do that it's patrick stewart because that's you know i think of him in the christmas uh, christmas carol and he knows how to do the curmudgeon uh and he knows yeah. how to joy. on the flip side of that so
0: no i say like, i would think i think uh with q being in a q is the is again the person who sort of makes picard look past the simple everyday stuff of the world and get introspective so whatever Q is sending him on or whatever Q is involved in will send him more introspective into this lost part of himself. Um,
2: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Q is uh, uh, totemic, like, uh, for this character and for uh, the whole next generation of of Star Trek. Um, uh, 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 We were introduced to uh, Picard and Q at the same time, right? Like. Like there is no like t- um uh the next generation was uh started with uh q and Picard like this is uh you know as mythic as it gets in terms of Star Trek. I don't really know where I was going with that, but one thought uh <laughs> 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 it's a um, good thought. um uh uh but uh one thought uh uh John uh, the other uh you were talking about that 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 scene with uh Picard and Laris where he hesitates at the kiss and uh you know it's 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 so heartbreaking she has another line um they have a scene the following morning where uh, you know he tries to address it and he he's like searching for words he was like i was just and then she says something to the effect of you were you right mm-hmm. like the acknowledgement yeah. that like yes like that's like that is I was being me like that is I don't I don't have any other excuse except to admit that that I'm I'm congenitally uh, unable for whatever reason to have uh, to let th- those attachments uh, to let those relationships into my life. Um, uh, the other real quick thing I wanted uh, to say, uh, uh, just by coincidence, um, there was a tweet I came across either yesterday or the day before that. um uh, 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 to paraphrase, was something uh, 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 to the uh, uh, to the effect of one of my favorite things about the next generation was um, how it showed us all that women over forty uh, uh, can be hot. Yeah, and I just and I just have to say, Laris is. Fucking smoking. She is. She is. She is drop dead gorgeous, and I feel. I feel bad for Picard that he he, he let this one slip through his fingers
0: because she, she's a fine looking woman. Is all I'm saying. Well, that's his mo. That's what he's been doing the whole time. Right. right I mean. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so he's just, as you said, he's just being him. Yeah. Um, I think would be. Remi- I think would be um, a little remiss with the uh, with sort of winding down this episode without touching on some other stuff in the episode. Um, which is um, I, I like the fact that Picard gave Eleanor a book um, from Spock that was very poignant. Mm-hmm. I love the I title. That part.
2: Yes, the title was great. Uh, and uh, the I, Many and the One, I think, was uh, the name of his autobiography.
0: <laughs> I thought that was yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get to that. And also, like they they had reference to the Excelsior in that scene as well. Mm-hmm. Another another great throwback. And uh, I think we should touch upon just a little bit because this ties into the the last I guess piece of nostalgia is. Um, you know, Rayos is captaining the uh, the stargazer. The stargazer, the brand yeah. new stargazer, yeah. all four nacelles and all, all. Yes, all four. Yeah. nacelles. <laughs> that,
1: you couldn't miss that. Um,
2: um Hoover, I did think it was interesting.
1: He was, he was, he yes. was chewing the scenery while he was chewing that cigar. You know, it was, it was something that you could tell was, oh, this is going to be uh, an interesting captain, to say the least. And it's not about Picard taking the captain's seat again. It was really giving room for some uh, other. Uh, actors and, and, and characters to really shine in, in those moments. And uh, I enjoyed that. But what, what what did you think of his, uh, uh I should say Picard's, uh, interaction with Stargazer?
2: I thought it was, I mean, again, I I just thought it was lovely. I just thought it was a lovely little grace note. I also loved, um, uh, you know, we uh, the title of the episode was The Stargazer. Obviously uh, referring to Picard himself and uh, possibly you know, the child version and then obviously an acknowledgement that that uh, the first ship he commanded was the Stargazer. And now we're on the Stargazer again, the new Stargazer. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was lovely. I just thought that, like, you know, he's he's at a place in his life similar to Patrick Stewart himself, where he's more in touch with. I mean, obviously, with certain exceptions, as we were just discussing, uh, but, you know, he's more um, he's more willing to experience emotions and, 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 and take things for what they are. Um, I thought it was a lovely moment. I thought he, uh, his interaction, uh, his, his whole arrival and, and, uh, you know, his taking in of the new ship and the, uh, you know, uh, you know, seeing Rios as its captain, I think he, um, he was kind of looking upon him as, uh, in a proud fatherly sort of way. Um, which I agree with you, John, like, I think, um, you know, the Rios character was one of, uh, for me, the 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 highlights of season one. I thought he was just such a delicious uh, character and uh, played so well um, by that actor whose name, uh, forgive me, is escaping me at this moment, but. um uh, the thing I kept thinking about with the cigar on the bridge, which I thought was so interesting, which I do believe he he lights at one point, um, I kept I kept thinking of um, The Wrath of Khan, where, uh, you know, Nicholas Meyer has this famous story that he wanted there to be a no smoking sign on the bridge. And and Gene Roddenberry said, no, there's no uh, there's no smoking in the future. And I just <laughs> and I think it was I think it just must be like. In my head, canon, it's it's like the the tobacco equivalent of like synthahol or something, because I don't think it's a good idea to be smoking a cigar and subjecting all your crew to that secondhand smoke.
0: <laughs> but well, it's the future, you know yeah. they, they the air filters and the the bridge just suck all that stuff very, out. And yeah, if, the, you, very, you know. bad the, yeah, advanced <laughs> technology. Yeah, yeah. I would. I I think I want to point out also, and I I kind of like this, and I never thought about it until like the first season of Picard, and then I brought back watching this. I like Picard's relationship with Seven of Nine. And I think both of them are going on this similar journey of trying to find themselves or find parts of themselves still. Um, oh, definitely. And I, I just, I just like the relationship that they have, and since they have a shared history, sort of, with the Borg, yeah. it's very, it's, it's very unique for the relationships he has with other people.
1: Well, you, you mentioned that they're that they're sort of the journeys are going on in the parallels because having Jerry Ryan come back to play that role, you can see with her that she's decided she knew in part why she was brought on the show in the first place. And she decided, well, I'm gonna make that a more interesting character, I'm gonna do a lot with it. And you can see she said, I'm not just coming back to reprise her role. This is gonna be, where is this character at? Where am I at, you know? And uh, uh, comes, comes out and you can see you know, her own conflicting uh, ideas in the first season, uh, being a little more comfortable with that in the second season in terms of, you know, what uh, ideals. Uh, uh, 709 is now serving and, and i thought it was just so brilliant and so interesting like, i want to see what happens more with every one of these characters i want to see where they go what they what's going to happen to them uh no one's really boring me when it comes to that and 709 deserves some real attention on a future episode of this because i really think um they've done a great service to that character uh in general but the other thing is it's funny because that the, I, I you mentioned something about uh you know, how Star Trek makes women over 40 look attractive or, you know, or not look attractive, you know, points out how attractive uh, they are. You have that again with 709 but you also sure. bring it, which is interesting of the Deltons. So the
2: yes, theme, the, I was just going to, yes yes, 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 yes. Sorry.
1: Sexuality as being more advanced in the 24th century, meaning we sort of get over some of our silliness the same way that now we view ourselves well, we're a lot better than those Puritans were back in, you know, uh, you know, the 1600s, well, we still have a lot to learn right now about that topic and that's something you don't always directly see explored in sci-fi uh, and the Daltons were right out the gate in the motion picture, you know, uh, as something like, oh, they're they're too advanced sexually for human beings, like, don't go near that, You'll, you're going to get burned, but that was an interesting sort of story, you know, uh, part of the story for that movie and to have them make a brief appearance in this episode, I thought it was really cool and there you saw, um, you know, just a simple interaction with with, with them can, can, can make you oh god, are you flirting with me! Oh god, are, you know all the insecurity yeah. well up and everything else. <laughs> I thought that scene was also just a lot of fun because what well, what would you do if you were half drunk and a you know started you know hitting on you? You'd probably well, not know what what to do, yeah. Uh, because exactly. You're not so again, one of those moments which was uh, a little bit nostalgic, but taking it in a direction we hadn't seen yet, loving all of that.
0: And I think John, to bring up that point, I th- I think I, I, to my record, there they do in this episode. Thinking about it, they honor almost every series of Star Trek. They they honor the original series with the Spock book, the Deltons with the motion picture. Obviously, Picard's Next Generation, Jerry Seven of Nine, Jerry Ryan is uh, Voyager. It's just the DS9 thing I'm missing, unless I'm missing a reference well, or something in DS9, DS9. I
1: think uh, th- I, I so I can't correct me on this. When Picard goes to see Guinan, he goes on a street. That is a historical district.
0: Yes, he does. What
1: was that district? My initial thought on that was, does that have to do with the DS9 riots? Um, Well,
0: well, so what
2: well, so what you were saying, John, uh, you were saying uh, that if they are traveling back to 2024, that's when that uh, uh, two parter was set with the sanctuary districts, the uh, uh, past tense parts one and two. Um, so, so it's possible. So you may be right. Like that hadn't actually occurred to me, uh, uh, uh but it is possible that a part of what we're going to see, um, when they end up in the 21st century, uh, the s- sort of, a a tying in to the, the, the homelessness problem, especially if it's, if it's set in Los Angeles. Um, mm. um, so, so I think that would Uh, be sort of a a DS9 reference Um, the other thing I guess you could say is like uh, and this is a huge stretch uh, but sort of like I think uh, the legacy of DS9 is sort of all over modern Star Trek it's all over uh, 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 television frankly but uh, DS9 was the first one to have you know serialized story arcs in
0: Star Trek Mm -hmm. that's true that's true i I hadn't thought about that but uh yeah i feel i feel like they 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 encompassed all of star trek in this one episode which is pretty amazing uh so I, i guess with the wrapping up this this episode uh for season you know season two episode one what are our final thoughts um john what are your some final thoughts going into next week's episode
1: well i'm very excited i think that um they they set up some really good themes for the season uh so we don't you know I, I think we have a sense of what they're trying to uh you know start with here uh, from the little teasers we got we know you know they're going to be dealing with stuff so i just think overall it was a good episode of star trek to me um it it does feel more like a deep space nine episode or a discovery episode and that is very much a beginning of a story it leaves you waiting for more you just like oh what's going to happen next and that can be a little frustrating when, when you're going down that nostalgia road because you don't want it to stop. And here it is. It's not only the end of an episode. It's not a self-contained episode. This is clearly going to be serialized. We're going, you know, what's, what's going to be next week, the week after that, et cetera. But from the effects, brilliant, from the direction, first scene that, you know, which, which was very much, you know, thinking about it now is Deep Space Nine. That's Deep Space Nine. Because Deep, Deep Space Nine comes out of the gate in its premiere. Oh, with, with Wolf 359, 359. you're right. Yeah. And you're the board right. taking right. over. And that's what happens here. Of course, then they flash back 48 hours. So I think that in itself is, um, part of what they were looking at with that. But it just, for me, it worked. Is it the, you know, every reason say, oh, was it the best Star Trek I've ever seen? I don't, I don't rank them as much anymore. We brought up Star Trek five earlier. And you know what? I have a fond memory of aspects of that movie too. I would never call it a good movie. But I can I can enjoy it. Uh, but if you want me to give a number on this, I, for me, I gotta say I think episode one uh, ranks between an eight and a nine out of ten for me enjoying Star Trek.
0: That's pretty good, and I, I will say, like it's, it's Star Trek five, the opening with them camping is is a great scene. Like the rest of the movie go but the three of them interacting and just being normal people outside of the bridge is amazing. And um, Josh, sp- what are your well, what were, what are your thoughts going into next week? Um, I.
2: I just can't wait for that first scene to see uh, uh, Patrick Stewart and John Delancey as uh, Q and Picard uh, just, uh, you know, you know, having it out. I was like, I mean, I definitely I mean, obviously, we all knew Q was coming back like they had been teasing it for a long time and he was in the trailers. And I'd almost all but forgotten that until the very, very end. And as soon as I. I looked at the time I realized, oh, God, it's just going to be like a a Luke Skywalker and Force Awakens thing, isn't it? Well, (laughs) well, at least at least I only have to wait a week. Um, uh, But yeah, like I'm just I I can't even think beyond uh, how much I'm looking forward uh, to that first scene between uh, Picard and Q. And from what Picard said, um, from what little interaction we got, he was it's it sounds like he's he's fucking over it. He's like, Q. No, no, <laughs> I am I, I am not doing this again. I don't know why you're here, but whenever you are, I don't like it. <laughs>
0: I'm too old I mean, for this I, shit.
2: Literally, too old. I, I,
0: I forgot how Picard phrased it, but he dropped right back into the old "damn it" cue. Yeah, like, like right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Um. Uh, so yeah. So I'm just really looking forward to uh, to that scene. I uh, because of the strength of this episode, and I agree with uh, uh, John. It was just a really. It was just a really a wonderful hour of Star Trek and I'm on board and I'm just really looking forward to that scene. And, uh, you know, for me, I mean, I mean, that's, I'm really psyched for this season. And the only other thing I want to say is uh, you brought up uh, things to like about, uh, uh Star Trek five, the, uh, Jerry Goldsmith score is, 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 is beautiful for Star Trek five.
0: Anyway. I, I agree. I agree. The score for that, that music, that, that movie is, is great too. Um, and I, I really enjoyed this episode too. I, I share all of your sentiments about it, and I rank it very high on, on in Star Trek in general. And also, like I said, this is this is the Picard. I kind of this is kind of where I wanted him to see him in season one, and and by the end of season two. And I'm glad they got got there. You know, season ones are always tricky, so I'm glad season two kind of kicks off with uh, the Picard we kind of wanted. At least I wanted to see, and now we can go on a full adventure with him. So you know, maybe, yeah, like um, Star sort
1: Trek. Of, if it didn't have a rough first season, I think that's that may be the well that's true.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Um, you know, which, if you want to get all metaphorical about it, is 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 sort of uh, Star Trek's uh, depiction of humanity's future in a nutshell, right? <laughs> it's like it's going to have it's going to have a rocky beginning, but it, if you can just survive it, there's some good stuff ahead. I promise.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap up. So, um, I want to thank both of my co-hosts on this episode, John. Thank you for being on.
1: My pleasure, and looking forward to looking forward to more of the show, and uh, uh, you know, be with you guys about it.
0: Excellent, and Josh, thank you for being on.
2: No, I mean this was a delight. This reminds me of of, of being back in the store in mint condition.
0: Uh, yes, that, those are the feels I was getting to. I was sitting here recording with both of you. So uh, so we are going to continue with this. So we will join us next week for uh, Picard Season 2, Episode 2. As always, if you want to uh, comment on anything we're commenting on, the Facebook page, Secret Origins of Mink Condition, you can find us there. We are on Instagram at Secret MC and SecretOriginsMC at gmail.com if you want to email us anything, thoughts, ideas, or stuff um you can also find uh, josh's podcast the trash compactor of star wars podcast um all episodes reviewing the book of bubba fett are up um and i, I got to guest uh on a few of those and uh, season the official season launches are is uh, what may the 4th josh yes may the 4th may the 4th so uh so look for it there but you can start listening to it now and as always we thank you for listening and we will talk to you soon